It's September 16th, and this is the sixth episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Last weekend, we had UFC Fight Night, Waterson versus Hill. In the main event, Michelle Waterson defeated Angela Hill via split decision. The fight was very entertaining. Uh, it was a great fight. I do think Angela Hill, even though she outstruck Michelle Waterson, Michelle Waterson did deserve that victory. She got a takedown, had good control time in that third round. You know, she didn't quite statistically on paper outstrike Hill. Hill did outstrike Michelle Waterson in head strikes and body strikes. Michelle Waterson leading the leg strike in category. But she did get that takedown in the third round. You know, controlled her, had more control time uh, of, of a overall. But either way, whoever won, I think, you know, you can make the argument um, that either fighter could have won that fight. Michelle Waterson did do a great job with a tough fighter in Angela Hill. And credit to Angela Hill. She did She fought a great fight as well. You know, the, you can't discredit either fighter uh, in a close, you know, fight that ended in a split decision. Uh, you know. Angela Hill, I know, is looking to get back on track in her next fight where, with whoever it may be. And Michelle Waterson with this victory, I know she wants to chase that title. So maybe one more big victory, whoever she needs to fight next to get that victory, I think that's what she'll do and uh, try and get that title shot. In the co-main event, you had Azatar getting the wild uh, KO over Worthy in the first round. Uh, pretty fast, you know, he came out looking good, uh, and just that power he possesses, uh, just, you know, put Worthy out, and Worthy really couldn't do much about it once he got, you know, clipped, so Azatar is a guy who's gonna be, you know, he's undefeated, 13-0 and now, and um, he's up and coming, and, you know, he's dangerous in that lightweight division, it is very stacked, but if he keeps winning in fashion that he is, He's just got that dangerous part of him with the striking. He's going to be a problem for, you know, the lower-ranked uh, lightweights, when, you know, when he makes his way up there. Uh, in the previous fight to that, we had in the women's weight, flyweight division, uh, Roxanne Monteferi defeating Andrea Lee. Uh, it, was a, it was a good bout, uh, pretty close, but, you know, I do think that Monteferi did enough to get the victory. You know, she uh, had four takedowns. You know, Angela Lee did reverse some of it. And, you know, she had three takedowns on her own. But Montefiore had much more control time. And just overall, I think, uh, outstruck Lee. So, you know, she got that unanimous decision that was definitely well-deserved. In the previous fight before that, in the light heavyweight division, we had Mike Rodriguez versus Ed Herman. Herman picked up the submission win in round three. Now, there was big controversy over this. Mike Rodriguez definitely won the first two rounds. Had Herman very hurt, very tired, and close to being finished. Ed Herman, there was thought that he got hit in the groin uh, and that the ref thought, you know, the ref saw that. So the ref stopped, gave Herman his time. But when you see the replay, Herman never got hit in the balls. So there was no low blow shot, which gave Herman time, basically as much as he wanted, uh, to recover. And, you know, that, that affected Mike Rodriguez because Mike Rodriguez would have had that finish 
by TKO in the second round. That was a win for him, basically. Herman got the time to recover, and in the third round, even though Herman was probably losing that round, uh, got the submission win over Mike Rodriguez in the third round. So credit to Ed Herman, very tough fighter. Uh, you know, he did his best in there. But Mike Rodriguez really got screwed. He should have won that fight. I think it was a good test for him. He performed well. You know, just got to fix that ground game a little bit. Um, Ed Herman's a veteran, so, you know, he did what he had to do to get that victory. But I really feel for Mike Rodriguez in this situation. There's not much he could do. I know Dana White sent him a win bonus regardless. Even though he lost, he's still getting that 50000 which is great to see. But you can't replace that. You know, he got robbed. So I do believe Mike Rodriguez will bounce back after this, improve a little bit on the ground, and come back better than ever. Uh, before that, you had in the lightweight division, you had Bobby Green winning a unanimous decision against Alan Patrick. In my mind, dominating every round, outstriking him, completely outgrappling him, controlling the whole entire fight. Basically doing what he wanted to do the whole entire fight. You know, Bobby Green, he's keep moving forward. You know, he, he's on a little bit of a win streak now. I'd really like to see him take on, you know, a top guy uh, moving forward. So in the first fight of the main card, you had uh, in the featherweight division, Billy Quarantino beating Kyle Nelson. Close first round. Nelson really was throwing some bombs, and Quarantillo did a good job of avoiding it and, uh, you know, then started to wear on Nelson. Nelson got super tired. Quarantillo took over in that second round, put the pressure on. You know, Quarantillo racked in two takedowns out of six, so it took him a little bit to get those takedowns, but once he got them, you know, he started dominating. Uh, you know, towards the end, he started really – the striking wasn't so much even anymore. Quarantillo tired out Nelson and then got that – KO in the third round, which very impressive. So we'll take a look at the prelims slightly. I'm going to touch on a couple guys. Uh, Julian Turner really uh, lived up to the expectation that I thought, uh, you know, completely outstriking Brock Weaver. Julian Turner really, you know, I like his camp. I like that he trains with Tony Ferguson. Uh, you know, I was super excited to see him fight. I thought he would have won by KO, which he ended up knocking down Weaver a gang of times and then pulling out the submission win, which is awesome to see that he has that in his arsenal. Roosevelt Roberts lost in a fast submission by Kevin Kroom. Super impressive by Kevin Kroom, taking that fight on super short notice and pulling out a, a guillotine, which he says he's, he's never really used. So that was cool to see. And uh, Alexander Romanoff uh, in the heavyweight division beat uh, Martinez by uh, arm tri triangle submission in round two. Super impressive. You know, he dominated that fight. He's an up-and-coming heavyweight. You know, you can't get enough uh, top heavyweights coming into the division, making their mark, seeing what they can do. You know, the heavyweight division sometimes has its slumps, even though right now it's been pretty entertaining. But, you know, it's always good to get new and uh, upcoming talent to, to add. So that was UFC Fight Night, Watterson versus Hill. Overall, it was a great, great uh, event and card. I really enjoyed it. I liked how there was more fights on the main card than there has been in the past couple UFC Fight Nights. So that was great to see. You know, 
UFC has been doing a great job putting on UFC fight nights. And even though this one wasn't supposed to be as great, you know, just because there wasn't as many big names, I thought it really lived up to, uh, you know, it exceeded what people thought it was going to be is what I'm trying to say. So the night before I did check out Bellator 245 and it was nice to, to, you know, watch MMA in a different promotion, even though I, I, you know, I love the UFC and not like I thought Bellator was better than the UFC. There was definitely a little bit of production difference. And, and, uh, the biggest takeaway I got was you could hear every step in the, in the octagon in Bellator. Like you can hear, it's like a bouncing sound that you hear every time they're moving. Um, but you know, there was, it was good. The, the, the fighting for some reason seemed a little bit different. Maybe it was just the style of the fighters, but Overall, it was pretty entertaining. I just watched the main card. Um, you know, Raymond Daniels versus Peter Stronick. You know, it ended in the no contest. Really brutal, brutal nut shots Stranick, uh, Stanick took. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It was unbelievable. I've never seen a guy uh, get hit so hard in the nuts. And also, twice. Like, this guy dealt with a bad nut shot the first time. The second time, it was worse nut shot. And it, I, I couldn't imagine the pain that he dealt with. So that ended in a no contest. But in the next fight, you had uh, Taylor Johnson defeating Ed Ruth via uh, decision heel hook. You know, he did that pretty fast and uh, it didn't really allow the fight to develop much. So Ed Ruth really didn't get a, a chance to, to do his work because Taylor Johnson just, you know, pulled that out pretty fast. Uh, in the co-main event, you had Katnin Zinganu defeating Gabrielle uh, Holloway. And that was a good fight, entertaining. I thought Kat Zinganu looked very good. Uh, you know, she apparently hadn't fought in a year. So, you know, the first fight coming back, you know, she took a little bit slow. But once she got going, she really did. And she looked pretty good. I definitely think she's going to be in title contention in the future for Bellator. And in the main event, you had Phil Davis defeating Leona Machida via split decision. That fight, to me, you know, there wasn't too many uh, punches thrown that were landed. They were kind of shadow boxing each other, it looked like, and just throwing leg kicks and body kicks at each other. So, you know, it was, it was, it was a good fight, but, you know, not super entertaining or crazy. There wasn't too many head strikes landed. Uh, so, you know, overall, I enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't say... You know, it was it was one of the it was the only first uh, Bellator main card that I've uh, fully watched. You know, I've seen some Bellator fights, but you know, haven't really sat down and just watched a straight card. But it was entertaining. It's MMA. I wouldn't say it's better than the UFC. That's for sure. Uh, just production wise, and you know, a couple of things that you do with just setup and that kind of stuff. But you know, everyone has their own opinion. I just think that the UFC is top notch. So that was Bellator 245. And last thing I'm going to touch on before the end of this episode, I, I know last episode I touched on, you know, Tony Ferguson and uh, Dustin Poirier not fighting. And I listened to Dana White's take basically, you know, because he was asked in a, in a press conference, you know, about Poirier did not working out, you know, what was the deal, money or whatnot. And, and you know, Dana kind of said not that Poirier was scared uh, to fight Tony Ferguson because I definitely don't think that. What I got of what Dana said was, you know, whatever for whatever reason, whether 
Poirier didn't want to fight in Abu Dhabi or, you know, the money or whatever it is. For whatever reason, he didn't want the fight. If he really wanted to fight Tony Ferguson, he would have. He would have done whatever he, you know, he would have taken less money or he would have just fought him wherever, you know, and, and, and Poirier was a little bit stubborn in that sense. So I, I understand on both parts. I'm not, I'm kind of over it uh, because, you know, at Poirier, like, you know, and you're saying, yeah, you wanted the fight, but not everything's going to be on your terms. You know, you want to get back to the top, you got to fight El Kukui, Uh And, you know, El Kukui is going to move on if you're not going to stand in his way. So with that being said, you know, who's next for El Kukui? And the biggest name I like is Michael Chandler. You know, Michael Chandler, you know, he's free agent and reported by Ariel Hawani right now, the UFC's front runner to signing him. Uh, and I know Dana White has talked, you know, they're, they've talked to Michael Chandler, you know, talks have been good nothing's official yet obviously but you know who what other fight would be best for michael chandler to return on you know what i mean Uh, tony ferguson's top division you know michael chandler's not gonna come fight a scrub probably i mean he was a past champion in bellator uh he's 21 and 5 he has nine ko's and seven submission wins um and the rest obviously by decision but He's legit, you know, and he's going to come and fight a top-notch guy. So why not Tony Ferguson? And also in Tony Ferguson's, you know, situation, I think Michael Chandler is the best option for him right now. He's fresh. He's kind of new. He's not in, you know, the UFC scenario top rankings. I think it would just work out well for both fighters. And obviously a win for for Tony Ferguson would, would lead for a title fight next. And it could do the same for Michael Chandler. Improving Michael Chandler is the top-notch product of 155 division. He can handle the UFC's 155 division top-notch fighter. So, to me, I think it's it's the best matchup possible. And if I had to give a second one, it would probably be Charles Oliveira. You know, he's ranked six uh, in the lightweight division. He's on a seven-fight win streak, five by submission, two by KO. So this win streak he's on, he's finished every fight. You know, he his last fight he fought Kevin Lee and, and submitted him. He's very impressive. I, I would like to see that fight. It would be a great striking fight and a great grappling fight. I think it would be underrated and people would – it would be a great fight for people to watch. And – um. So for me, those would be my top two. Obviously, I would like to see Tony Ferguson fight Poirier, but I I don't think it could happen now. I don't think they could make it work. Um, Dana White has moved on from it, you know, and it it seems like that that's just not going to happen. So, okay, if it's not those two, if it's not Michael Chandler or Charles Oliveira, you really only have two other options without going too low in the division. Like, Tony Ferguson's not going to fight some scrub, so... And no one's a scrub in that division, but no, he's not going to go too low. So, you know, the next guy I would think would be the number five ranked Dan Hooker. Uh, you know, he's coming off of a loss to Dustin Poirier. They could make that fight, but I see Oliveira or Chandler 
just being a better option. Um, and the next option could be Paul Felder, but Paul Felder's last fight, he lost to Dan Hooker. So, you know, you make the argument, well, doesn't Dan Hooker deserve that fight more than Paul Felder? You know, Dan Hooker was in a close fight with Dustin Poirier. He lost, you know, this, that. So I just like the Paul Felder matchup with Tony Ferguson. But Dan Hooker would also be a good matchup against Tony Ferguson. You know, I'm talking stylistically. So, you know, you have those options. I just think that Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira would be better than those two, and it would make more sense. But, you know, Dan Hooker and Paul Felder are obviously options too. So I think, you know, Dana White did say they have someone lined up for Tony Ferguson. It's just not announced yet. It's got to be one of those four. I think maybe Dana would have said it if it's confirmed, which makes me think they're leaning towards Michael Chandler because obviously nothing's official yet. He hasn't signed with the UFC or any of that. So they can't really announce that yet. But that's my take on that. And so then it leaves the question, well, what's left for Dustin Poirier? You know, who is there? Because he beat Dan Hooker. Okay, maybe Charles Oliveira. But is, you know... He just beat Dan Hooker, who's ranked number five. You know, why is he going to go fight a guy low again? You know, the only guy that made sense really was Tony Ferguson because it was kind of in that same range. Tony's looking to get back to the title fight. Who is there? You know, and it's tough because to me right now, Connor's not in the equation. It would be a great fight, him and Connor, but Connor's not in the equation. And I know Connor has some personal stuff going on that he's got to figure out, you know, but I just don't see him fighting. I don't think he, right now he's going to fight anything but a title fight. And obviously that's the line, that's not in the picture anytime soon. So who is there for Dustin Poirier? It, it's tough because maybe Charles Oliveira, but you know, if Tony Ferguson is going to fight Charles Oliveira, I like the the Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier matchup. So for me right now, I th- I think in my mind, you know, if, if Tony Ferguson's going to match up, I'd like to see him match up with Michael Chandler or Charles Oliveira. Dustin Poirier doesn't fight or fights Michael Chandler. That that's just what I think. If he he'll fight Michael Chandler, I could see, and if if. Michael Chandler is going to fight Tony. I don't think there's anyone else in the division that Dustin Poirier would would want to fight at the moment. And that's just that. So, you know, interesting things. I'll, uh, I'm definitely, this is a topic I like talking about. And I'll touch back on it when there's more details released. And I'll give you guys my take. Uh, I'm going to release another episode later this week. We have Covington versus Woodley coming up in this week's upcoming UFC fight night. It's going to be awesome. Crazy card. Probably the best fight night of the year. This, you know, it isn't pay-per-view, but it's pay-per-view quality. So this was episode six. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys soon. Talk to you guys later.